Hey, Sid. Hey, Brown. How are you doing? I am doing just fine. Do you have an update you'd like to tell me about? Sure do. Always do. Um, <laughs> every week. Every week. Working on uh, just consistent improvement. Um, so I mentioned last week uh, that I was on vacation. You did? Definitely go on vacation. Everyone. <laughs> do it. Make it happen. We feel it's good a, about that. It's important. Mm-hmm. Um, the bummer about going on vacation is that you spend a lot. And do then, you? And then, you do. You always do. Well, I specifically save money mm-hmm. to fill my vacation budget. And right. then I use my vacation budget. And you're like, oh, my gosh, all that money has gone. So it's been budgeted for. And when I say you, I mean all of us because I obviously do the same. And yes. then the 1%, like, on if you're traveling overseas, that's what really got me last time. Oh. That was an unplanned expense that really hit me hard. But anyway. Well, now you know. <laughs> now I know. So, uh the budget has been used, so now I need to restart and mm-hmm. revisit my budget so that I can save up for the next adventure. Yes. Um, but what is actually really nice about this um, is that I can revisit my spending goals. Um, spending goals. Savings goals, guys. I only have spending goals. <laughs> spending goals. Jeez. Spending, spending categories. Yeah. <laughs> and savings goals. <laughs> Um, because I, vacation was obviously one of them. Um, but thinking about saving for the next trip and then actually getting a better sense of where my budget is at as we enter summertime, which is super exciting. Um, and that's usually just like a time that's filled with more activities and like wanting to go out versus like stay at home, snuggled on the couch, watching Netflix forever. Yeah. Um, so what impact that might have on some of my budget categories and can I adjust, Um, And I think that thinking about it as, like, a seasonal regroup is important. Um, And, like, what's ended? What have I fully saved for? Like, obviously, this last quarter, I bought a new car. So, like, my down payment budget is gone. But I also don't need to have that budget again. So, like, where am I redirecting those funds? Cool. Uh, Car payment. (laughs) (laughs) Short answer, car payment. Um, But uh, I think it's good to, like, take a minute to re- assess where I'm at and then if there are ways that I could add more automated more to my audit save automated savings then I do should that. do that because yeah. I think that's the other thing that I'm working toward is just like having things like be removed from my checking account that like it's see. a bill yeah um because then I'll save it much quicker for sure for sure I guess now I'm really realizing that budgeting never really ends is that what I'm gathering <laughs> You know this. I know, but I hate that that's the reality. But I think maybe it'll get easier. It does get easier because you're like, oh, I've accomplished all these other goals. So I'm not like, you're not like regrouping to restart at zero. True. You're like reassessing to be like, okay, I accomplished this. Check me out. Yeah. I accomplished this thing or like I did this thing with this money that I saved for. Now what am I going to save for? And make it like a fun success game versus the sadness. The game of life. (laughs) When does that game get like easier? (laughs) I'm realizing that as I get older, it just gets harder. Yeah. Yeah. But we're staying positive and we find joy in all things. Yes. Like vacation. Like vacation. Right. Like the V and to bring it all the way back around Mm -hmm. to restart the vacation budget. Yes. Got them. We'll see what where we go next. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, what is up with you? I attended a two-day leadership training 
which was super fun. Love this. Yes. So this is definitely up your alley. You would have really enjoyed this. And Quickie. Yes. Was this a work-related thing or a personal? It was work-related. Cool. So this was actually pretty cool. I had an opportunity to apply to go to the leadership training, was accepted to go to the leadership training. And it was probably like 30 people who were there. And it was like a mix of roles and levels within the organization, cool. uh, which was really cool. So you got a lot of different perspectives. You got a lot of different, like what are headaches for some people are like other people's like candy. And I just, it was just really cool to listen to everybody's. Ooh, so um, like headache, problem solver. Excellent. That's exactly, exactly what it was. So there were three big things that I think really stood out to me as far as not just like things you could take away, but like changed me, like Mm -hmm. really changed me. (laughs) And so this was two full days. So this was like eight to three 30, uh, on a Monday and a Tuesday. Well, it was off campus. So we got to be in a different location, which was really nice. Um, but the three big things were problem solving and, uh, effective meetings and like how to use our time better. And, my favorite categories of things. Of all things. So the first one around problem solving, we did something called the Collaboration Clinic. And it was, we got into groups. We all shared a, a, an issue that we have. We chose an issue. And then we shared out to the larger group that one issue. Then we all kind of passed our issue to another table for them to problem solve for us. Interesting. Super cool. Super cool. And so they were allowed to ask us five diagnostic questions that they came up with about our issue. And then we answered those questions. And then they came back with three major solutions or suggestions. And it was like timed and like very well organized. But I just thought that that process of handing off your problem to people that maybe experience it, maybe don't. Um, We're fresh eyes on it. Totally, totally. Because you'll find that like the consent, there is some consensus around the table. Even if you live and work in different places, um, you are experiencing probably some of the same stuff. So that was kind of cool too, to know that like, oh, I'm not on an island. Um, And so that one was a huge takeaway that I'd love to do more of if possible. Um, The other one was an assessment tool for effective meetings. Super duper eye-opening to see how things like this are measured and how to know like, so where your baseline is, is like a six out of 10 and where you landed on that in, you know, in comparison to other people, but also in comparison to the baseline of like, what is a B plus? And it broke down into four categories that had to do with like group dynamics and protocols and practices and two others that were around like how you measure effectiveness in general. Super helpful because you're like, holy Toledo, like we've got some stuff to work on or like we're doing pretty good. And it was really cool to see how this can be very useful. And it's things like, do you bring an agenda to the meeting? And could you? (laughs) And will that change things? Yes. Yes. (laughs) So I really enjoy. Spoiler alert. (laughs) The answer is always yes. And so then we learned about different types of meeting, like different types of people and what they need from their meeting style. So we were split up into four groups that then said like, this is the way that I like my meeting to work. And some of them were like the super type A of, I want it to be this long. I want it to work this way. I need it to look like this. And then there were the people that like, I like food at my meeting and I like to dig into stuff. (laughs) And so you're like, cool, cool, cool. But the major 
kind of uh, similarity amongst all four groups was like, we like an agenda, we like respect for our time, and um, we like to like know what's going on. Mm -hmm. And so that was really interesting, that piece. And then the last thing is the 65-35 rule. So 65% of your your time spent on tasks and 35% of your time spent on process. I love this so much. This is the best thing ever. (laughs) I've just changed the way that I think about my schedule immediately. Seriously. It makes you assess your week differently. And so I have this tendency to feel like if I'm not doing a thing, like in quotes doing, then I'm not working and I'm not being productive and I'm not like churning out stuff. And this mentality around the 65-35 rule helps us remember that to be better at what we do, we need to assess our process every so often slash weekly. Um, And I just think it helps our overall workflow. So this was a really, I think this is one of the major things that stood out to most people. Yeah. Yes. (laughs) Think about, think about that. Like process for you is like a really exciting piece of the work that you do and then tasking is like you then execute the process yeah how cool is that and like you if you have your process if you take that 35 percent of your time one week to like finesse the process to be better then that next 65 percent of your time doing the things that you need to do to like check all the boxes to get your work done you do it better it's glorious it's glorious so this was a great use of our time, I would say. I gave it very high marks on the evaluation they gave us at the end of it. I'll find it. I don't have a link here for you, but I will find what they call this Is it specifically. Local? It's out of a company called Academic Impression. So it was very geared toward higher ed. Uh, like okay. we talked about my organization and what we were working on and what we were doing. So I liked that piece of it too, that it was but very way, specific. I want to find a marketing version of this <laughs> i'm sure it exists but i'll share the the um academic impressions link or we'll share in our show notes where and where can we find those from queenspeaking.com slash 72 yes but i'm uh, i imagine that this exists in other places for different industry it just has to so That's super cool super super cool um great training highly recommend it's exhausting because you're doing a lot of like FaceTime, a lot of work, a lot of like digging into things, but totally worth it. Cool. Totally worth it. What is inspiring you this week, Brown? A lovely article I read in First Round Review about our six must reads for honing focus and managing your time. So sexy. <laughs> uh, it, this is pretty much the ultimate guide to productivity. Um, <laughs> you said that like it was like the spear that would solve all our problems. <laughs> it is. It is. Um, so I do recommend like bookmarking this for a Monday morning because that's mm. the ideal time to read this. It's like as you're sipping your coffee in the office, you haven't started anything yet, and you're like, how do I kick but and take names this week cool um it was just the way that they did it too it's like they link to several interviews and articles that they've already done which are always very hefty yeah so some of them are intense reads but this breaks it down into like six kind of decent chunks that are manageable that's my kind of so read. you can like you know di- <laughs> the digest decent chunk type digest of it appropriately <laughs> yes um But in particular, I love the tip to engineer your schedule according to your energy, which has been... 
I always try and do this. I need to read this. Yeah. <laughs> um, so what I like about this, and this is something that I've been thinking about in the new work environment that I'm in, because mm-hmm. I didn't necessarily realize how well I was doing that in my last role. But when I worked remotely, I had complete control over my schedule and like how I interacted with people. And now yeah. I'm in an office with people all the time. Mm-hmm. And so like, where are my peaks and valleys? And like, do I like to get into the office early? And like, when I have my like lo- physical, uh, mental like blurriness, fog, yeah. fog moment from like, it's usually like around two or three. Uh, Where's my protein? Yeah. Yep. 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 <laughs> or like now now is the time for like a walk around the, the neighborhood. Block. Yeah. Um so what's what's cool about the tips that they share is they explain that you need to identify and plot out times when you feel most energized, least energized, and then curate your daily to-do list around those like what I said that was were peaks and valleys. Right. And then block time on your calendar on a consistent basis when you're most um, productive for those big tasks and just having it be like two hours, 90 minutes of that like mental block time, which we've talked about in past episodes about like Brene Brown's white space recommendations kind yeah. of thing. Um, but I think stop the, the fact that I've stopped trying to do hard tasks between two to three has, has it chan- changed in and of everything? itself just been life-changing. I got to figure out, okay, so this is my issue not with this, but my issue with myself is that I don't know if I know when my energy is highest. How do you know? You d- you document it. So you feel it when you're like, when you're sitting at your desk. I feel like, like I'm I, a plateau the entire you're day. You're just a flat line. <laughs> I just feel like I'm, I'm I don't, I... I, I understand what you mean by, like, document it, but I'm, like, having a hard time thinking about my day. Like, how do you like, feel it? I'm at a 10. Yeah, like, I feel like I am the most, like, I so am high you, energy right now. Yeah, like, when it's when you feel like you're doing, you can do your best work. I think you have to kind of, like, adjust your day a little bit to be like, oh, I, I figured out that my best time is, like, 8 to 10, 10.30. Sure. That's when I'm, like, if I am quiet and, like, I can hustle out work, really well mine might be like the 10 to noon range yeah because i feel like i've had time to like get into my day mm-hmm. that's a thing that's so a then thing. you just like block that, that 10 to 12 you feel like you're doing something wrong if you're not ready to go the moment you walk in the office no, no one tells you that i that's made annoying a, in my last <laughs> in my last job i made a rule that i had no meetings before 11 a.m wow because i just don't want to talk to people before 11 a.m i get that i totally get that it's not that I don't want to see people. It's just like, like I don't want to have a real. Conversation. I want to like absorb everything that needs to be done, and like I like a slow entree into my day. Yeah, same I don't like to be hit with a mile with a, an hour a wind. Something right, right at the start of the day. True, true, just like true. a slow roll. Okay, all right, all right. I think I like a morning meeting though. Interesting. But I don't like a so like I don't like digging into my work until like 10 but if i have a morning meeting that's okay so that's exactly this assessment you like think about it and you're like when am i most productive and then if you're sitting at your desk and you're like i can't focus on anything you're like ah this is my lull okay okay you and always think, i always think there's something wrong with me if i can't focus gosh the narrative that i've created for myself is terrifying and also it's super normal like for example today i literally was like i can't i just cannot focus at my desk we should talk about this more often 
we can Let's we'll do dedicate, whole thing dedicate an episode to it. We're doing that. Yeah. Because... So I just moved to another location in the office and then I got I instantly was like like yes. energized to do the work that I needed to do. I just needed to not be at my desk because my desk was like you're distracted. Sad and alone. This means you have to do work. And then it's like, but you're sitting by a window. Now you're like motivated and feeling great. That's so interesting. I think this also deserves, this does deserve its own episode. I think what comes into play with this is your culture and your yes. like your social norms that live and exist in your work environment um, and how we need to learn how to like pipe up a little bit and maybe ask for what we need. But I'm excited about this because mm-hmm. I thought I was doing everything wrong for my whole life. <laughs> no. This is good to know. <laughs> well, That's a great article. I can't wait to read it. We'll have it in show notes. Yes, I'll yes, yes. text it to you immediately. <laughs> Thank you. I need it immediately. <laughs> what about you? I recently listened to Brittany Packnett's uh, new TED Talk. So if you're not familiar with Brittany Packnett, she has like, so she has like six titles and I'm going to butcher all of them because of, of course I didn't write any of them down. She works full time for Teach for America, but she travels all the time. Do, she's like a VP of programs or something at, at, at Teach for America. But so she's an educator by trade, but she does a ton of keynotes and speaking opportunities around um equity and she talks a lot about um like social justice and she does a lot around like uh what we talked about in the last episode basically around like what the supermajority was built to do she does a lot of that like advocacy work she does podcasts a lot she's on she's a regular on um crooked media's pod mm-hmm. save the people um with uh deray and so i i've been following her for a long time because she is is she, she's a great educator in every sense of the word. And so and she's super active on Twitter, super active on Instagram. She does this morning readings thing on mm. Instagram and saves all of them. Um, it's just very, it's really cool. Her TED talk, though, was about confidence, which I wasn't sure what to expect because I just saw her talk about that she did it, but not what she talked about in it. And it was really wonderful to hear her talk about confidence and what that concept means to her. But she centers around the themes of permission, community, and curiosity as a means to build the muscle of confidence. Ooh. Yes. And how it shouldn't just be something we admire in other people, but also something we know we need and learn how to get it. And I was like, what? <laughs> it's 13 minutes of pure magic is what I'm saying. <laughs> this also has to be another episode because I feel like this has been coming up in like random. We listened to a couple uh, podcasts on the road trip mm-hmm. and they talked about how for some people confidence is just like acting like they're confident. But and not that's, truly like, feeling and it. Th- and then they just like get comfortable with it. Yeah. And yeah. it's so interesting to think about it in like what it means to other people. Right. And like how we can get there. Like this isn't a thing that people, like there are some people that just have it, but I also think there's something about those people that might not be based in reality sometimes. Yeah. Where it's like a little bit of like a lack of social awareness. Exactly. But if we take the time to learn it, then we, and learn it and internalize it and use it. In its purest form. Exactly. And this concept around like the themes of permission, community, and curiosity, the permission piece is like the the permission and the curiosity were the ones I'm like, I need to learn more about that. And the permission means someone's shown us that we can have confidence. Someone we respect and admire has shown it to us. So we're like, I can do that. Like, 
let me at it. The community piece is having the people around you that support it mm-hmm. and lift it up and show us that it's a good thing to have. And the curiosity is to how do we take it a step further? How do we teach others how to have it? How do we ask questions about it? And I just thought it was, and she's just a great speaker too. So I was just down with the way that her delivery was, but I thought the concept and the way she broke it down was so digestible and so a thing that I'm like, Hey, maybe I can have confidence. (laughs) And it was just, it was just so good. And I was just so about it. So we'll share that. But it was 13 minutes. I listened to it on my way to work and I was like, this is amazing. I love this. It was really, really good. Well, we'll all listen to it and then do an episode. We've got our, our, the next few ready to go. This is how this happens. (laughs) This is great. All right, Sid, give it to me straight. What are we talking about? We've made it to June, which means early June, which means that it's time for our June's pick for Women Inspiring Team QS episode. Yeah. Yeah. And we've landed on someone we absolutely, I want to say, I I said love, but I kind of want to inch into like obsessed with realm territory. Mm -hmm. And that is Kristen Bell. She's fabulous. She is Fabulous. So in addition to her work as an actor, which is how you might traditionally know her, she's also a business owner. She's an activist. She's a feeler. Mm -hmm. And she shares the feels, which is like always someone we're about. And so today we're really excited to talk more about like who she is, what she does, and how we can implement the things that she does all the time. Yes. Let's do it. Let's speak at Queens. All right. (laughs) She got her start. (laughs) As a stage actor. Actor. She uh, did some theater stuff, which makes sense for her future role in Frozen. Because <laughs> I was like, who she's knew she... has got a phenomenal she, voice. Who knew she knew how to sing? I, and she's <laughs> so good. Um, but I think what has like come into the forefront um, is like how cult classic Veronica Mars... That's which now coming back. Coming back, like... There's a like sleeper community of Loves. what are they? What does she call them? Marshmallows? I don't know, probably. Because <laughs> <laughs> that's like just her cute way or of making Marshies. everything adorable. Uh, yeah. But either way, that was like during our high school days mm-hmm. where she was on Veronica Mars. Like she was also like young and like coming up in her TV days. Mm-hmm. Um, also, fun fact: she was the narrator of. Gossip Girl. When when I read this, I was like, no. Wait, you didn't know that until now? I did not know that until now. Mind blown. That's insane because that was an iconic narrator. Yeah. Iconic. XOXO, Gossip Girl. And you're like, who is that? I have no idea. And I never thought to look. No, you just assumed it was, it was probably like Blair something. or something. Yeah. <laughs> but it was like intentionally. Is it Blair? Her name's Blair. And Serena? Yep. Yeah. Yep. I knew it. <laughs> I just thought it was one of them. Yeah. So, like, she's kind of, like, existed in our world Mm -hmm. for many years. Yes. uh, Since our teen teen day. Our, meaning Sid and mine. Yeah. Maybe not everybody's. For the rest of you, hard to say. Who knows? (laughs) Uh, (laughs) um, But she's since moved into um, a lot of comedic acting roles. Mm -hmm. And I think most notably that was her in Forgetting Sarah Marshall, which was, like, for me, I... Like, didn't knowing that she had done Veronica Mars and not necessarily like actively watching the show and mm-hmm. then seeing her and forgetting Sarah Marshall, I was like, this is so funny. She was funny. I love that movie. Yeah. So she's like really like kicked it up a few notches. I think, again, you can't 
miss the mention of the Ellen Sloth Oh my gosh. Crying moments. Yeah. Uh, And (laughs) it like literally is burned in my brain because I watched it and like cried and laughed with her. And you just like, that's the thing that that's the beauty of her is that you feel everything that she feels. Yes. And she lets that out into the open and it's so magical. Um, But I think, uh, I think we all know and love her for so many things but again like for like current relevant generational today's day Mm -hmm. from a a television standpoint also and on frozen frozen 2 coming soon yep uh and also nbc's the good place which is now like a hot hit which finally because i have been into the good place since it premiered and nobody was on my team and now i think it did get much better in season two Mm -hmm. because it just like it like it like just focused in on its strength the cast even admit that too they're like probably once we got into like a season or two we like it blew up and yeah. like the jokes are so funny and the and she plays a character named Eleanor like Shawlstrap or something and she's just a hot mess and it is so funny but it's also great to see her character arc like just get better as a person in in, in the show and she's she just makes that character great i mean she's so funny cool so <laughs> i'm like i can't wait till the good place comes back <laughs> Is all I'm thinking about. You're like, I'm now excited for so excited. Sweeps week. So, yes, yes. And she has this whole other side to her life. So yes. we talked about her background in acting, but let's talk about her business and activist mm-hmm. life a little bit. One of the things that I've been noticing and admiring from her lately is that on Instagram, because we all should be following her on Instagram. Yep. Kristen at Kristen Annie Bell. Cute. Uh, she's pushing hashtag featured teacher Friday mm-hmm. and shouting out teachers in our community, like across the globe. Mm-hmm. These are people who are like probably working at schools in our neighborhoods yep. um, and what they're working on with their students and encouraging us to buy much needed supplies on their Amazon wish list, which just to use, we've talked about this before, like when you're in a place of privilege or like stature in the community and influence, like what can you do that's good for the community at large? Yeah. And this is just like such a beautiful thing. And to say like, I care about education and, and students and people having access to things that make their education better. Yeah. Is like such a beautiful thing. Um, and I think also putting a spotlight on teachers who deserve recognition for the hard AF work that they're doing. The is hardest work. Amazing. Yeah. Um, so I think just thinking about ways that we can give back in just small capacities of for like, sure. let me make, let me just like toss a couple uh, pencil packs in my Amazon cart and right. send them send them your way yeah i think that's so wonderful because the issue and i think one of the reasons she started this was because there is such a costly burden to buying supplies and it's on the teacher's back yeah to do that it's not part of the budget it's something that the teacher does and decides like hey this is part of my curriculum i'm gonna go spend like 700 dollars of my own hard-earned cash which is already a very small salary yes yes so i think that just the fact that she's taking the time and energy to like source people find people Ask that's a questions. lot too. Yeah. yeah, that's in and of itself its own like weight of work, 
And then to do all of that to like get the people that really are in need of this supply of, of all the supplies that they're getting and all of that stuff. Like those pair, like she writes paragraphs about the people that she features. It's not just like, like, Hey, I found John on Instagram and he seems like a worthy guy. Like she's really digging into who the people are and what their needs are and the kids that they teach and, and all of these things that help us understand why she was picked them, Mm -hmm. which is cool. Yes. She recently started a company with her husband, Dax Shepard. Love him, too. I do, too. And he also has a podcast, but we won't talk about that. (laughs) Just kidding. We really like his podcast. Shut up. We're into it. (laughs) It's called Armchair Expert, and it's actually really good, and we like it a lot. Um, But they started a company called Hello Bello, which is premium plant-based baby products. Love it so much. So much. And they sell these products in Walmart and in Target. Mm -hmm. And they're sold at a cost that is affordable. It's in the market of like the Walmart price point. It's amazing. It really is. And the more I read about it, the more I learned, like great products for our kids should be affordable but for some reason and again I have no idea what the structure you know exists over there and retail and all that good stuff but they made it so these good solid products that help our children and like keep them safe when it comes to like these messy products and gross like chemicals that get into all our stuff these days are not present in any way shape or form in Hello Bello products, but also are in the affordable range. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, again, she saw this need and and filled the need. And I think the important piece about this is access. Yeah. Where, like, we're trying to make the world a better place, but it also needs to be accessible for the majority. Absolutely. Speaking of access, the other team that she's a part of that created this company, it's called This Bar Saved, Saves Lives. This oh. Bar Saves Lives. Wow. Like a candy bar? No, it's like a uh, protein bar. Mm. And it's like peanuts. So apologies to those who have nut-based allergies. This is not for you. But every time someone buys a bar, it provides a food packet that serves kids who are in desperate need of like nourishment. So they're like extremely well malnourished. And the on the website, it explains like this bar provides this packet that's like a peanut-based paste that apparently three packets a day for eight days gets these kids out of that malnourishment like zone is what it was explaining and they have stories on the website about the kids and the families that have benefited from these packs and like what it's done for them and and how old they are and all of these great things um and so and it's one of those things that you're like is this for real like am i is this for real for real and just reading about these stories and i think she has created a space for herself to um tell the truth i mean she's not just like spinning bs you know for likes or to make it seem like she's this great person like she joins teams that are active in making our world a better and more accessible place um and then in 2018 she was tapped to serve as an advocate for the women's peace and humanitarian fund which is like an offshoot of the un um so again like people are recognizing that she cares and it's not for her benefit or for her name to get a better reputation. It's like you listen to actually Dax interviewed her on one of the first episodes of his podcast. And he was like, you're just genuinely like you just genuinely see the need and know that your privilege allows you to serve the need and you go and do it. And she's like, yeah, I just like to help people. 
You're like, cool, awesome, great. Um, and it's just great. It's like, this to is see- fulfilling to me. <laughs> right. And what's cool is like she's not just putting her name on a thing. She's involved in the thing. Yeah. Which and- is so admirable right right it's not just like hey this looks good let me like make some money off this she's like let me do the research let me get involved let me learn about what the problems are and then let me do the work to put my name on it not just and and again be part of it and part of the the solution which leads us to what we can learn from miss Kristen bell Mm -hmm. naturally i have always uh admired her frank honesty i think that she has been consistently open about her struggles with depression and anxiety just her feelings in general which i think is important for our society and for people everywhere to hear um because i and i also think that i that it's really nice to be able to hear how she and her husband uh dax who we mentioned before Mm -hmm. um communicate about their relationship too Um, and how those things all kind of relate to each other, Um, what they've struggled with and what they've worked through, because I I think, like, they definitely have uh, this, like, we love you from a pop culture standpoint of, like, you're the hottest couple. E! News, don't post a breakup photo or we'll all die. Yeah, seriously. Where, like, when you put people up on that pedestal, it's a lot of pressure. Yeah. But I think to be open in that space to talk about, um, like, here are the challenges that we face as individuals. Oh, yeah, also we're individuals. And, mm-hmm. like, here's who I am and here's what I bring to the table and here's what I've had to work on yeah. to show up in my relationship and show up in my life. And, yes, there have been some dark moments and hard times that I'm consistently working through. And I think just um, to have a space for someone just to be authentic and open about that allows us to kind of strive for happiness over perfection mm-hmm. in, in a very real and important way. Absolutely. Um, I think just the idea of being able to, like, open up and share things is huge is like mind-blowing to me Mm because i think she really hits at that piece of vulnerability in an important way um and sharing about her experiences good bad and ugly and like i think about just like hilarious times where she's like on instagram and posting a video of her and she's like on the toilet peeing and you're like oh my god i would never do that that feels like a lot personal but but you're like you're funny (laughs) yes i totally agree with all of this i think that she just is so um it just feels so real you know and and i say that like almost like tiptoeingly because Mm -hmm. i'm like am i getting like you know duped but i feel like the way that both dax talks about himself on the podcast that he does and the way that he's brought Kristen onto that and the things that they both share in these public spaces is very honest about like we are flawed humans and we need help and a third party like they talk openly about couples counseling and that they see therapists and how that should only be normalized because how are we expected to solve our internal problems that we've lived with our whole lives and are just now realizing that they are problems and that they need that we need help to solve them and so they normalize this notion of like bringing in a third party to help us work through the things that we have a blind spot to and the fact that she is so open about those things is really really exciting and makes us all feel like okay maybe Maybe it's okay if I share this with another person that I'm going through this because she's then shared it with the entire universe. So maybe one person is okay for me. (laughs) 
it's all about living your true and most authentic self being being your most authentic self yes and uh, like just being open like seeing someone else kind of let it all hang out is really nice because sometimes uh, I'm saying this personally like you want to keep it buttoned up and like look look nice for the world Mm -hmm. but sometimes like letting letting it loose is fun fun necessary um she makes it so endearing and approachable and i just love how she's able to be that open with so many people in the community and like what how can we take that and implement that in our own lives just from a like even thinking about it in a small circle of friends way yeah and what impact that has of like I'm gonna open up and share a little bit more and just be a little bit more of my goofy self, yeah, um, and not feel the pressure of like if I say this they won't like me, right? Um, and I think the only way for us to feel truly whole is to be our whole selves for the people around us, absolutely. And you'll attract the people that appreciate and acknowledge and and love that about mm-hmm. you. I want to say, because you recently celebrated a birthday, and it was um, beautiful, but I am friends with the people that you're friends with. Shock. And the photos that so many of your friends shared of you, like, laughing at, like, just, like, either doubled over or making a weird face or, like, just enjoying yourself fully was, like, so wonderful and beautiful to see because, like, I know that person. And it was awesome to be able to share that with people around you, too. Are you crying? Don't cry. That's weird. (laughs) But it was. And that's what that that is what I think you're talking about, right? Because I know that feeling of, like, feeling like if I don't have it all together, then someone is going to find me out and I don't want anybody to find me out but like taking moments to like share that like big belly laugh with people and like that like oh my gosh I like took a hard left here like what the heck am I doing was really awesome to see like from friends that I know like care about you more like that to the ends of the earth oh yeah and I think like the reason I'm like oh that's so sweet (laughs) getting teary is because I'm like remembering those photos and like thinking about those memories all in like one second of a moment and And how fun they were that was so fun oh my gosh I need to make time for more of those moments and like when was the last time that we did these things and I think that that's like that's another reminder of like fully embrace and live your life because it is beautiful and like be funny and a goofball because yes And that's, like, it reminds us to, like, have, she reminds us to have fun. Like, I feel like so much of the time I see her on her posts and doing these, like, really funny things. I'm like, when was the last time, like, you, like, belly laugh for no reason or just was silly and, like, had real, like, fun? And I think also I am now an advocate for, not just because of the photos that were posted of you, but, like, I know that we don't need to have our phones out all the time, but like take pictures of your friends and you having fun and not just the food in front of you, but like the people enjoying the food. And like (laughs) not the picture perfect Instagram fame photo, like the real photos, the candids, the like, let me capture this moment as I'm like laughing so hard I'm peeing. A thousand percent. (laughs) A thousand percent. I just think that that like, again, takes you back to like what brought you to that place. Yeah. And that's the best kind of memory. For sure. Such a. Such a. Uh, 
last thing that I have around what we can kind of take away from the way that Kristen Bell has lived her life, I'm just going to call her Kristen because we're friends now. Uh, She's going to listen <laughs> to this an and be like, these girls choice. are crazy. <laughs> interesting choice you made there. <laughs> um, her track record for advocacy and access work is just really amazing. I think that we've talked about this before with other people or other women that we've featured on our show. And we'll say it again. Go out and find a cause you care about and get involved in some way. I think if she has shown us anything, it is the ability to, like, get in on a thing and not just, like, put your name on a thing makes you so much closer to it. It helps you really understand the problem. It helps you internalize that problem and see how you can help make change happen in in any way, shape, or form. And it can be at the local level. It can be national, international. But giving your time and energy to a cause that matters just helps you be part of the solution, but also, like, fills you up in ways that cannot be replaced by anything. Like, it's just... And we need to do that. There are so many people that need our help if we have the ability and the uh, opportunity and the privilege to do it we should do it. Yes. So we're going to do it. I'm ready. We, we, yes. I am also ready. <laughs> well, that's our hot take on our love for Kristen Bell. Our friend, Kristen. <laughs> Shout out to you, Kristen. Um, but if there are things that you also love about her, we want to know them. We sure do. Shall we break? Let's break. Hey everyone, thanks so much for listening this week. You can follow us on Instagram at queen underscore speaking to continue the conversation. And you can find episode links and show notes at queenspeaking.com. See you next week. week.